Welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us talking, get us imagining, get us connected, and perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. Our show today is co-produced with our partners, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, RISE. And joining me as our co-host on Connections today is Nashina Hussein, who is the executive director, and Sarah Grudel, who... Uh, Sarah, did I pronounce your last name correct? It's Greedle, but that's Greedle. Okay, right? <laughs> Greedle, thank you. I went, as soon as I said it, wait a minute, I did not pronounce that correct. <laughs> Sarah is the storytelling program manager as well. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much for being here today. Good morning, Lori. It's nice to, although we wanted to be in studio, unfortunately, the snow has once again yes. <laughs> stopped our plans. Yes, yes. Uh, we had, we were going to have, um, this program last week, but we had a hard time getting into the parking lot. And this week, we had similar challenges, <laughs> but I borrowed my husband's truck, and so I got in, and we're all good. Uh, yeah. But getting back to Rise, I know that our listeners are, are probably very familiar, but we may have a few new listeners that, that don't know about Rise, and I'd love to have you all share about your mission, vision, vision and values. Sure. Uh, RISE started out um, almost six years ago and uh, really in response to sort of the gendered Islamophobia that we were noticing in the community, as well as, um, you know, racism and anti-Blackness and the misogyny that uh, Muslim women are constantly faced with. So this sort of triple barrier of, of negative things that we are constantly challenging. And so a group of us got together and formed this organization um, whose mission is to amplify the voice and power of Muslim women. And so we imagine a future where Muslim women are connected, celebrated, reflected, and emboldened to make a change in their communities. We do that through three different programs. One is around storytelling, which Sarah will share a lot more later on. Uh, the other is leadership development, so equipping Muslim women with the skills that they need. And the last one is around community and civic engagement. And so once you have those skills, um, how do you show up in community and make um, a significant change uh, around those inequities? And so we are um, only, you know, like I said, six years old, but we have a staff of eight who are amazing, awesome, wonderful women um, serving the Minnesota community. And the storytelling, I just adore, and I love hearing about the sheroes. So, <laughs> Sarah, tell us about uh, the various accomplishments for storytelling, um, and especially what's happening with the sheroes series. I would love to. Well, to take it back a little bit further, um, I mean, the last almost two years now have been, of course, so chaotic and challenging. And so um, in 2020, we had a lot of really exciting plans for the Muslim Shiro's of Minnesota series. We wanted to do a lot of videography and hopefully produce a documentary about women who were engaged in the 2020 election cycle. Um, 
But, of course, we know what happened yes. from there. Um, we had to put a pause on um, any filming that we were doing and try to shift into work that could be carried out remotely because we were all, you know, working from home. So our big accomplishment for 2021 is that we got reorganized um, and we were able to, again, return to putting out stories about our heroes. So we did a series in the first half of 2021 about seven women total um, who are change makers and trailblazers who are really embodying the work that Noshina was talking about, leading in their communities, challenging um, social inequities and creating change. And, um, and, and that was, that was, yeah, that was a huge accomplishment for us to be able to go back to the storytelling that we know is so important to our community because um, when we see these stories, people who, who look like us and who share our identities, then we are empowered to step up and make change. We are inspired and uplifted. Um, yeah, so we're really proud of that series that we were able to do in 2021. And are you still having plans to create a book? Yes, so that, that is um, the next big thing for the storytelling program. Um, we have done a lot of um, evaluation and discernment, trying to figure out what is next after this series. And, um, of course, you know, we went and we asked our community because that, that is the, the driving force for our work. And what we heard from them is that they really want a book based on Muslim Shiro's of Minnesota. So uh, we've begun the process of um, planning and creating that book. Um, we are, um, you know, we've started a manuscript. We've begun reaching out to some of the Shiro's who have been previously featured. We're, um, we're looking into new Shiro's to add to the book. So this is a much more long-term project, but um, we are really excited to be embarking on it because, again, we know that it is what the community wants. They really want to um, see these women in a, in a physical resource that can be put on shelves and in classrooms and distributed across Minnesota, across the region. Um, so that is really, really exciting for us. And share with us, we have a, a few minutes left. I'd, I'd love to have the audience hear about some of your favorite stories. Now, they're all favorite. They're all wonderful. It's like saying which, <laughs> um, which story is your favorite. There, there's, they're all good. But if you wouldn't mind just sharing a few of them with us so that we can get kind of a flavor of these, these wonderful women and the heroic uh, journey they're on. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. It's so hard to say. <laughs> Um, and I think this year especially, we saw we had a really um, diverse group of women working in all areas, and that is really the wonderful thing about our heroes. They they're in all these different places creating change. But I will just highlight Nahid and Yusra, um, our our uh, mother and daughter duo, actually, and they are co-leading this grassroots organization that really stepped up, especially. Um, in the wake of the pandemic and the murder of George Floyd, noticed that a lot of our neighbors were experiencing houselessness and um, provided them with, you know, unconditional shelter, which was such a crucial need. Um, and 
just recently, actually, they were also featured in Minnesota Women's Press. They were named 2021 Changemakers. So we are just so proud of them and their journey and, um, you know, always happy to uplift their work. And if folks want to go and um, read about all these wonderful women, what's the what's the website and the best link for them to, to jump on and, and read about these wonderful sheroes? Yeah, you can go to revivingsisterhood.org slash sheroes. And Nashina, as we, we close out this, this segment, um, I just I remember when you first came into AM nine fifty radio, and we were we were talking about this vision of what you'd been working on with these stories, um, these heroic stories, these sheroes. How do you feel now after six years in seeing that growth of the program um, from where you started and where you are now? That's a great question, Lori, because I think when we first started the program, it was about addressing negative stereotypes and negative that is out um, in the public realm. And what we've seen is uh, such a shift towards inclusive, um, inclusive media portraying, you know, who an average Muslim woman is. And she obviously is reflected in so many different um demographics and so many different things that she's working on. And so that diversity uh, is, I'm seeing it more and more, which is great. The other thing that uh, Sarah and I had really kind of surprised by was we, we created these stories for, you know, the broader community, the sort of non-Muslim ally um, community. And we did not realize what an impact it was going to actually have on our own community. And so listening to Shiro's talk about what it meant uh, to be featured, what it meant to have um, to have validation over the work that they're doing. And then also them talking about like, my family finally understands what I'm working uh-huh. on and what I'm trying to do has been really, really uh, sort of affirming. And what I constantly hear is, Shiro saying, oh my gosh, I really need to continue this work and step it up and I want to do more. And I'm hearing other Muslim women saying, hiring and motivating them to also take the next step in making change in their community. So um, I never thought that telling our own stories would have this much of an impact, both internally and externally from our Muslim community. And I can't wait to see like what the book does. Uh for all of us. Well, I have always been so impressed at the variety, as, as Sarah mentioned, in the, the diversity of um, yeah. paths, whether that be in business or politics um, or faith-based. Um, there's there's so many different directions that you honor in terms of who sheroes are. And and I love the fact that you, you look at the woman um, and what her voice is and how that gets expressed, and it's not—it's um, not you have—you don't have to fulfill X, Y, Z. You really take the woman and share where she's gone on her journey, and from there, you see um, what she's achieved in in such a motivational and inspiring way. Um, for women, um, you know, for me, I I look at this, and and as an ally, I look at. In what ways do we connect with shared values and in what way do I honor our differences as well and learn about the differences and then what my role is in, in supporting um, barriers to come down or racism to be addressed. And these stories help me 
share with colleagues and friends and coworkers um, the greatness um, of 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 these sheroes, and that that gives us an opportunity to share a good story. And I think that's ultimately how people can connect. Absolutely. Well, thank you for giving us an update on our our what's up with our sheroes. We're going to take a break and come back. And Nashina, I'm looking forward to having you share about the leadership development that's been going on and the year in review. So we'll be right back after just a few commercials here. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And our show today is co-produced with our partners, RISE, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. And I have two wonderful co-hosts, Nashina Hussein, who is the executive director, and Sarah Greedel, who is the storytelling program manager. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. Hi, Lori. I don't have to say you are you are also a wonderful co-host. Uh, <laughs> thank you. We, we do partner well. Um, and I'm looking forward to having you tell me about uh, the leadership development that I know you've been working on. Um, how's it been going this year? Yeah. Um, I mean, Lori, I'm sure many know that our sort of signature event is our annual leadership conference. Mm-hmm. And we were fortunate in 2020 that we hosted the conference and, you know, almost 300 Muslim women show up uh, and are part of this of this opportunity. And then, you know, the pandemic hit and then we were, had the stay at home orders and sheltering in place. And so we weren't able to host um, our conference in 2021. Instead, we sort of shifted gears and decided to do things like everyone else over Zoom. And we know that Zoom has its own limitations, but it also provided, I think, Muslim women from across the state and across the country um, and sometimes across the globe to be able to attend. And so, you know, when I think back years ago in some of these sort of community conversations we were having, I heard a lot of Muslim women say, hey, I want to step up. I want to participate. I just don't have the skills. And so if you give me these skills, I'll show up. And that's sort of the premise of why we started to focus on developing skills of Muslim women. And so this past year, we um, launched a series Uh, around economic empowerment. And so I'm sure you can agree with this, Lori, a lot of women are socialized to sort of not understand finances and investments Mm -hmm. and how to really control their money and have access and autonomy and agency over it. And so it, it, it was like, I think it was in the 1970s that they finally allowed women who were married to have their own checking account up until then. Women couldn't even have... What? 1970s? That's right. Oh, goodness. That's right. Well, so I'll I'll (laughs) say from from an Islamic perspective, Muslim women have the right to inherit and have a right to their money. And this is something that we really wanted to reiterate Mm -hmm. in um, financial empowerment was that, hey, this is your chance, your opportunity to really focus on 
understanding um, different options of investing, how to go about starting your business, talking to other entrepreneurs, and really um, engaging Muslim women who are already doing this to come into the space and share their experiences and their advice with our with our system. So, you know, we started off with um, understanding halal investing, like investing within the framework of of the of the faith, mm-hmm. and then we moved into talking with women who started their own businesses and what their journey was like and how to. Uh, go about taking that first step. We had a woman come in and talk to us about understanding our credit scores and what does it mean and how does it impact Mm -hmm. um, the rest of our sort of financial uh, situation. We had uh, somebody talk about how to go about buying a house. And so it's just, it was such a great series to really help women have agency over their money and what to do to think about it in a long-term way instead of the short term. So that was, that was one of our, I think, most favorite um, series this year. And so we're looking at maybe developing a level two for next year. And the conference, will it be on this year? Well, we're hoping, we Uh, are hoping that in 2022, we will be back. Um, We're going to do a kickoff uh, for planning next month to just sort of weigh our options. We understand that many are vaccinated and that we would have to require masking just because of the, 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 you know, varying variants that keep coming mm -hmm, up and popping up. mm -hmm. And so we will be monitoring that closely. And I mean, it's hard, right? Um, Right to make this decision because we would never want to be a super spreader event. And so we might, we usually uh, had the conference in March because it's, you know, women's history month, except we're contemplating doing it over the summer in an outdoor venue in order to accommodate larger spaces and having a, you know, open air um, environment. Do you think that your conference not only because of uh, COVID and the changes that you need to make, you know, logistically, but the the how you do your conference, what the how the conference will be organized. Has this time where you've had to deal with change give you other insights of how you want the conference, um, w- the purpose and the meaning and all of that? You know, what what are the outcomes you'd like to have from the conference? Yeah, the the one thing, the consistent feedback that we have received about the conference is that it has made, it's the only space for just Muslim women to mm-hmm. gather mm-hmm. and see really a place to connect with each other. And that is probably one of the goals that we want to maintain is to be able to have the platform to build that network and allow for Muslim women to have more time to make connections. So usually in conferences, we are constantly going from one session to another. We want to make sure that we can bake some time in for networking activities. Um, I also really appreciate that most of the sessions that we have are by local leaders, local experts and trainers. It is only the keynote speaker that we fly in from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But 
we realize we have such amazing talent in the community that really we don't need to go very far, right? She's literally sometimes our neighbor. Uh And so letting, you know, it's really important, I think, for Muslim women to see people within their own community that are that are experts and are knowledgeable and understand uh, some of these important topics and are able to share and convey. So let's just tap into that power that we have within our own within our own sisterhood. Yeah, it gets down to, you know, things that I think about in terms of, you know, otherness, you know, and and maybe someone from somewhere else, that other person knows better. But very often, you know, what I've loved in learning about how you do your work, it's really about the grassroots. And it's about we find ourselves in our roots. Um, yeah. You know, there's others that can help, uh, but you've done such a beautiful job in recognizing the power and the spirit of uh, what it takes at grassroots to, to claim who we are uh, and and claim relationships. And you've done such a beautiful job with all kinds of relationships that, that mm-hmm. have been inspiring. Um, when I hear about the work that you also do in partnership um, with Jewish women, that that go yeah. into Congress uh, legislative sessions, and I'm like, you go, girls! Yes, <laughs> that there is, you know, a power of connecting, but a power also of recognizing uh, a time for, as you said, uh, being with each other and having the comfort of being with each other. So, thank you, thank you for all that you're doing in these three years that that we've had a chance to to get to know and to share with others about the work that you do. And in our next segment, we'll talk a little bit more about allyship and what does that look like and moving forward, um, where does that go and and how do we continue our journey with with allyship? So stay with us and we'll be right back after just uh, a couple more commercials. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. Our show today is co-produced with our partners, the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment, RISE. And joining me as co-host on Connections today is Nashina Hussein, who is the executive director, and Sarah Greedle, who is the storytelling program manager. I'm so glad that you guys are here today. Thank you, Lori. We're so happy to We're be here. To. And <laughs> you gave me an assignment this week, uh, for, well, actually a couple weeks ago for the show. Um, and, and you wanted me to reflect back over these last three years um, what I have learned, uh, what, uh, what being an ally, what the ally role has meant, um, what have I learned from the partnership, and what ways do I plan to continue to be an active ally for, for Muslim women. And when I thought about it, I, I started thinking about really the role of ally at the heart of it. What, what is a role of an ally? And I think the first step is really listening. And there can be a listening that people have that is a listen to confirm. And there's a listen to get sort of, a, you know, uh, there's a, a way to collecting data almost. And the listen that I think you need to have as an ally is is the listening to just be open to discover, you know, being able to hear stories and and have that freshness of learning in and and the way that I've been able to learn from all of the wonderful women that you have brought to this show 
has really been a gift, um, a gift of, you know, we all love stories. Uh, but the stories you bring have such power and they resonate. Um, I think after listening the, or the listening is part of building trust. Um, and when we start to build trust, there'll be mistakes. And I've made mistakes along the way. And um, you all have, have accepted some of my mistakes as I've, I've listened to learn with grace uh, and kindness. Uh, and then then how to share the power of the story, you know, because what it comes down to is I think an ally needs to do two things. It needs to, an ally needs to listen and then it needs to share, but sharing in such a way that the voice isn't the dominant voice. The sharing really needs to be a voice of support. And I think that's tricky for some people to navigate. Uh, how, how do we share stories and give honor and have it not be the dominant voice, but a voice that's important. And I think sometimes that comes down to what's our role um, when we hear things that we hear that uh, either unconscious or conscious bias, and because we have white privilege, we can call it and and call it uh, as we hear it and give feedback as to uh, what our experience is and a redirect because I think we we do need to use the power that we have uh, in a way that's supportive but can also be very direct. There are things that I think a white person can share with a white person um, directly and powerfully that can make a difference uh, and, and be able to uh, not take away from the power of the individuals but to support so that barriers or uh, challenges can at least be addressed in, in a positive way. Um, so those are the things I was thinking about when I, I started thinking about allyship. Uh, and then I started thinking back of the, the folks that I've gotten to know. I think when I think of probably one of the most impactful Shiro story um, was uh, Anissa, uh, Anissa Haji, who is the founder of Leonora, a company that was committed mm – -hmm. it's committed to um, caring for melanated skin – and this is skin that women have gone through and actually, you know, tried to get their their skin whitened, um, and it just broke my heart. You know, why are women doing this? Why are women hurting themselves in such a way and not just loving who they are? Um, and then, what's my power in that? Is to you know, how do I? That was a learning experience for me. And then, what do I need to do to support uh, Anissa um, in the work that she's doing? Um, there's many I, – I, she gave me some cosmetics and they're wonderful. <laughs> but they're, and so I, I'll buy her cosmetics as part of a support. But just knowing that that's something that, that she took on um, to support women loving themselves was you know, hugely powerful. And then the civic engagement part, oh my gosh, Osma, Osma Mohammed, who fought for so long on the statute of limitations on reporting sexual violence, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, that's that's dedication. And and it took a long time, but she made a difference. Oh, I'm getting right. emotional. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah. it, it comes down to, you know, really understanding the beauty and the challenges and the power that you have inspired in others. And I just feel grateful. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so what do I do with all that? Well, for one thing, I'm going to be reading your uh, website for politics. Oh, my gosh, you give such good advice. Um, and I'm going to encourage other people to. And, and I think that's one way to support hearing your point of view about what's important that's on your website of things to think about when you're voting. Um, you do really good exercises and thinking through what's important and understanding what's important in your community um, is important to me. And also the women that I got to know who were, oh, my gosh, uh, running for office, I'd be proud to have every one of them represent me. <laughs> just amazing women uh, with um, such uh, such courage and energy. And even when they didn't necessarily win, uh, just the fact that their voice was out there and that they were seen um, and we got to know them was really important. And then, you know, each year it, it seemed to get better and better in terms of representation and things getting done. Mm -hmm. So other things I can know I can do is um, – of course, I can donate. <laughs> I can also uh, support businesses owned uh, by Muslim women. But something else that I found that was really interesting that I've done practically since the very beginning is that I may meet even someone uh, – I might meet someone at a conference and I tell them about your website. But I think some of the things that are more powerful is when I might meet someone maybe in a retail store and – I share with them about there's this wonderful group that they should know about. And mm -hmm. just for that moment of connection um, where there's this like, you know, you see me and and you and I, I want to support her um, feels good that you've given me that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as you were as I was listening to you. Lori, I was thinking about how did I meet Lori? <laughs> and I'm like, how did we get connected? Yeah. And I remember sitting uh, in the office with you, and I think it was Chad. Yep, yep, it was. And all I wanted was a tour of the studio. Like, I wanted to bring in a bunch of Muslim women and help them understand like the in inner workings of media. Uh -huh. and, and that conversation quickly went to, you should have your own show. Yeah, I was you, like, <laughs> and I just laughed because I was like, we don't even know what we're doing, Tad. <laughs> like, this was, you know, three, four years ago. Yeah. And, but I was very mm -hmm. grateful that you invited me into being a co-host. Yes. And I think this is what we need allies to do is you have a platform. You have this privilege. Mm -hmm. How do you open that up and invite others to share that platform and share that uh, privilege? And so I, I look back at one of the most powerful partnerships that we have is that people are extending and inviting and helping amplify the voice and power of Muslim women by opening up their, you know, their radio shows and their, um, and whatever forms of media that they have to uh, encourage that. And I hope that, you know, if, if as our, um, relationship and partnership sort of comes to, I should say the partnership comes to an end, that our relationship doesn't and right. that it, we don't need to be the ones that bring Muslim women to the Connections show. Lori now is well equipped to <laughs> 
see and find and learn and connect with other yes. Muslim women. And she will continue to do that with or without Nashina and Sarah or Asma. Well, I think there's also mm-hmm. a power of seeing a trajectory of three years, right? That yeah. there, the, what we hoped to create in the three years uh, for me was I, I wanted to learn and I believed it's important to have many voices um, be heard through our AM 950. And it, my style is such that it, it, it's not a personality radio show. At least I hope it's not. I, I try not to have it be that way. It, it is more of, unless the personalities are, of course, the great guests that I have. Um, it's a it's a platform um, to really talk about ideas. Uh, and these are ideas that matter. And connection allows us to find you know that intersection of like aha as well as maybe not have the intersection to recognize oh my gosh you know look what look what can be look what are the possibilities it it it, it, it stretches us um and you've done such a beautiful job with that mm-hmm. and and I know I'll continue to track and and I know that there'll be things that will be coming up that we would love to have you come back and share um, your insights and whatnot. But in looking at, you know, reaching out to our audience and uh, having a voice, a consistent voice over three years that was here to talk about um, empowering Muslim women to be leaders, uh, to share their story, uh, to start businesses, to uh, to claim all of who they are. Uh, that's That's been a great trajectory to be a part of. Um, and I will continue to watch how you grow and learn and develop and um, go into the next phase. But we're, we're very grateful that we had a chance to be part of this phase of uh, de- developing um, what's the potential of, of allied partnerships uh, with RISE. Yeah, thank you, Lori. And with that, we will close up this segment. And in the next segment, let's... Um, Let's talk about where do we go from here and um, what potential things that we could be doing in the future. And and we'll do that in our next segment. Uh, Stay with us here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter and we have had a wonderful conversation today with our, our co-producers and co-hosts from RISE, which is the Reviving the Islamic Sisterhood for Empowerment. And our co-hosts are Nashina Hussein, who's the executive director, and Sarah Greedle, who is the storytelling program manager. We've talked about storytelling. We've talked about leadership. Uh, we've talked about allyship. And in this segment, we're talking about where do we go from here and what are some of your thoughts of where we're going? Where um, Rise will be six years from now? What are your visions for what you'd like to see happen in the next six years with Rise? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Sarah go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a such a difficult question. Uh-huh. Um, I mean. You know, Rice has only been around for about six years. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and and look at what we've accomplished in that time. Um, I mean, ultimately, um, 
I I think that I would love to live in a world where Rise does not need to exist. I think that for a lot of nonprofits, mm-hmm. the end goal is to work yourself out of business <laughs> in a sense. Um, you know, we, we do want to, to create a future where Muslim women are so much part of of society and of our community in Minnesota that uh, we don't need Rise as a separate space. You know, the space is, is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't know that that will happen in six years. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that in the meantime, um, providing space is so important. And um, whenever we ask our community what, what they really need, I think that is one of the primary um, purposes that we hear back is uh, we need space just to exist as Muslim sure. women, to build relationships, um, within and outside of the community. And I definitely see RISE doing that. Um, I think, you know, RISE is one of the few spaces to to do that. So um, certainly that will be part of the future. Well, I sure, I sure hope um, that the stories will continue for many, many years. Um, I treasure them. Yes. So yeah. even if there is um, per se, not a per se need in terms of women feel more empowered and the empowerment is more of an affirmation than an encouragement. (laughs) I sure hope to Mm -hmm. keep hearing the stories for years Mm -hmm. to come. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, sorry, go ahead, (laughs) Nasina. No, I was, I was just going to add Sarah. I love this whole, like our true goal is to like work ourselves out of our jobs. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And when I think about storytelling, um, I don't want Muslim sheroes to be the only platform that tells the stories of Muslim women because uh, there are so night. many nonprofits, so many different organizations that do storytelling. And so I hope that we no longer have to, you know, almost beg and plead and ask and question why isn't a Muslim woman featured, that we are slowly seeing that change and transition where people are automatically thinking about how to include her. So I I think that, um, you know, Shiro's is going to become sort of a household name where Good. every every organization mm-hmm. starts to use that. So that's how I think I see that change in six years. And I think we always ask, I've always been asked, you know, in five years, what would the headlines say about rise. I don't want headlines to be about rise. I want headlines to be about Muslim women. I want headlines to be about allies with Muslim women as allies making those headlines. I think that would be much more powerful than rise being, you know, the the leading headline. We're not making the platform for this organization so that the organization is like the lead we really want others to change the way that they that they perceive muslim women and how they incorporate muslim women whether it's in their leadership and their stories in their policy making in whatever aspect of their of their work that her voice our voice is included in that and you're also dedicating yourself to the next generation which i think is important and how even in the 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 hero the sheroes that you had mentioned at the beginning, Sarah, the mother and daughter team, 
um, how is modeling supporting the next generation coming up? And as they perhaps uh, join, uh, rise, and and become leaders, uh, we have three minutes. Just do you have a thought on that? On on what mm-hmm. you envision for the young women coming up, and and the role that they may play in supporting rise into the next generation? Yeah, we Take we it. think about that a lot, especially I think with our storytelling, um, because we know that a lot of women now had experiences as young girls where they did not see themselves represented at all in in the stories that they were reading or watching. So even with our book that we talked about earlier, um, we have heard over and over that that is something that parents want to share with their children, specifically young Muslim girls, um, to say that um, that there are so many role models for them to look up to, to, to envision themselves as. Um, so, yeah, that is really important to us. And Nashina, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I'll just... I'll just add, uh, they are our next gen of leaders. And so I'm ready to pass on the baton to this next generation, right? <laughs> Not quite yet, though. <laughs> I want this young this young generation to really step up because they, they are so much more bolder and they won't take people's crap like we had to put up with. <laughs> and so I'm like, yep. You can you probably change this world a lot faster than uh, than we have. So I really am looking forward to our young generation really leading this change moving forward. But you built the foundation, Nashina. You and the women back in <laughs> 2016 looked at it Absolutely. and said there's something. There was a power. There was a beauty. There was a um, a goal uh, that continues to unfold. And right. we've appreciated your partnership. We will look to have you come and, and visit on various shows and keep us up to date, uh, especially when it comes to the civic engagement and work that's being done there. Love to keep up with you on that. Love to keep hearing about the story. So we will find ways um, yes. and and we will continue to find ways to support um, your vision and hear about how it's going. Absolutely. And with that, (laughs) we will uh, look to the future and keep in mind, especially the young young women that you see uh, coming up. Uh, Perhaps there'll be some shows that would be important for them to be able to share their voice, because the the mission that you first shared with me six years ago when we were sitting in that office was about how to amplify voices. Well. I think radio does a pretty good job (laughs) in getting that amplification going. And building the relationship for the next generation is important to me, too. So let's be intentional about thinking about who might um, be able to come and perhaps be in a group setting with some other young people um, to support the future. And thank thank you for the opportunity of working with you and... um, I am encouraged and excited about where Rise will be going and we'll keep track and we'll be keeping to promote. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. It's been a wonderful yeah, three years. You. I greatly appreciate you. Thank you and have a happy new year.